0: This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Hello everybody, this is Readers Entertainment Radio with Patricia W. Fisher and I am here today to talk about amazing books with the amazing authors that create them. And we have one of my favorite people. Uh, Terry Wilson is the Publishers Weekly bestselling author and creator of the Hallmark Channel original movies, Unleashing Mr. Darcy, Marrying Mr. Darcy, The Art of Us, and Northern Lights of Christmas, which is based on her books, Labelle Sweethearts. She's also a recipient of the prestigious Rita Award for Excellence in Romantic Fiction for her novel, The Bachelor's Baby Surprise. Terry has a major weakness for cute animals, pretty dresses, and Audrey Hepburn films, and she loves following the British royal family. Feel free to visit her at her website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Also, uh, BookBub and Goodreads, and all of those links are in the write-up of the show. So, welcome, Miss Terry Wilson. How are you today? Hi, I'm great. Thank you, Patricia. <laughs> you have your coffee ready to go? You're the only-
1: yes, you're one of the only people who I would be willing to talk to at 7:45 in the
0: morning. <laughs> <laughs> We've had many talks at very early hours actually. <laughs> we have, I know. I know. You're one of the yeah. only, you're one of the rare few. So yes. <laughs> yes, uh, I think several of them have been on flights to places that we're both going because
1: <laughs> oh my god. We
0: want the nonstop <laughs> or whatever. <laughs>
1: I totally forgot about that. Yes, we have taken many a flight earlier than this, actually. I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, what was it? I think one of them, we had to be there at 5.45 or 6. It was It was not a pretty morning. Oh, no, I think we know? had a
1: flight that left at 6.
0: I think we had to be there at like 4.45 or 5 o'clock or some yes.
1: crazy time. So I've bought yes. that and even but, yeah. still,
0: Yes, and even still, the Starbucks line was very long at the airport. It always is. That's why we have to w- watch out for each other. Get each other coffee. Yeah, <laughs> have to tag team it as we stand there and wait for the, <laughs> for exactly. the coffee. Are line. you here yet? Do I need to get your coffee? <laughs> <laughs> right. Who's <laughs> first? Uh, obviously, you know, for anyone listening, that we've known each other for a while, which is nice. Um, so some random conversations happening. But what's been very fun about being not only just friends with you, but also um, uh, professional uh, colleagues is seeing each other, uh, all the successes that have come along the way, as well as all of the frustrations. Uh, Because I think, you know, anybody who is good at whatever they do is the person who kept doing it, even when people were telling them this doesn't work and that doesn't work. Um, When you Got that first critique from that very first book you turned in. Uh, what was was your initial reaction to say, okay, obviously I can't do this, or wait, maybe I can, or what what did what went through your brain with that very first submission?
1: <laughs> You're just assuming <laughs> that it didn't get picked up and become like a national sensation. <laughs> um, no, yeah, yes. you, you I am assuming. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, that
0: very first
1: book I ever submitted anywhere was a YA romance, young adult romance. Um, it had a, it was very horsey. It had a big horse theme. It was going through a horse phase. And the horse had a POV. Um, there were, everyone was either missing a leg or had some sort of severe problem with one of their legs. I don't know. There was a lot going on. Um, I still stand by that book <laughs> because it was fun. But it will never see the light of day. And um, I just recently redecorated my office, actually. And when I was getting rid of my old desk, I found all these, like, artifacts. That's how old they were. That's what I'm calling them. Artifacts in the desk drawers. Um, My Blockbuster (laughs) card, for instance. And another one was the CD-ROM with this manuscript on it. I was like, oh, my gosh, I still have it. I know. I mean, I don't have a computer with a cd-rom drive anymore but i'm sure i could get it off there if i wanted to um right Let's but yeah so Kinko's i, I <laughs> exactly so i submitted that book um gosh it was probably close to a decade ago you know maybe not nine uh-huh. years ago and i distinctly remember i got the feedback on december 22nd or 23rd i mean it was like right before christmas like right before christmas oh. Eve. and <laughs> i know I know. It it made an impression because I remember it after all this time. Um, And they were basically saying that they had focus tested my book and it did not focus test well. And there were major POV problems and, you know, they weren't really (laughs) the focus test that the teens that they focus tested on weren't, you know, super excited about so much of the book being told from the horse's point of view. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, I remember being disappointed, but I also what I remember most about that book is that it told me how it that writing that book taught me that I could start a book and finish it. Um, but right, finishing is the hardest part about writing a book. Um, I remember recently I wrote like a little free workbook on self care um, for creative people, and actually, it's free right. on my website if anyone wants to get it. It was just something I wrote for fun. Um, and because i'm a big believer in self care taking care of yourself, but when I was writing that, I remember I came across this statistic, and off the top of my head, I don't remember what it is, but it was something like one in ninety nine people who want to write a book actually finish it. I mean so- not everyone right. wants to write a book that's just kind of like the American dream for a lot of people um but sure. hardly anyone actually finishes it because that's the hardest part I mean, you know that every writer knows that, yeah, and honestly. 30 books later or whatever, finishing to me is still the hardest part of writing a book because at the beginning, it's always shiny and new and fun. And at the end, you're like, oh, my God, is this ever going to be finished? But am <laughs> um, <or laughs> I sure, sure it's done? But... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah. So, yeah, I think back then, even though I did get that lovely rejection the day before Christmas Eve, I don't think it ever crossed my mind to just stop and give up. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I started writing another book right after that. I tried to figure out what they were talking about with POV issues because way back then I didn't know anything. I was a baby writer, and I just kind of studied it and found out, you know, what that meant and what I was supposed to do, and I just started writing a new book with no animal POVs.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, But I think there was a book... Um, I think there was a book years ago someone was talking about Nora Roberts wrote and I'm trying to remember the book but everybody was talking about how how she does POV and you know one of the books even the dog had a POV for like a short period of time but she made it work but she she's been right. doing this for a while so she's got her methods um but yeah for a new oh, writer I think yeah, yeah that's hard <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I still firmly believe in animal POVs. I mean, I'm joking about it, but I mean, there's been some great books with animal POVs. And back then, I mean, sure. I wanted to write like a Black Beauty esque type book. You know, and that book is told okay. by the horses POV or a lot from the, the horse's right. POV. And um, and now, what was that book that just or the book that came out recently? And then it was a big movie um, with the, oh, the dog from purpose? Um, A Dog's Purpose. Oh, the dog's purpose, too. I was thinking the other one was Enzo and the race car driver, and it had oh right. Milo, uh, I can't yes. pronounce his last name in it, um,
0: This Is Us, yes.
1: Yes, yeah, he, the guy from This Is Us was <laughs> in it, and so is Amanda Seyfried with the big eyes, and it had the golden retriever and the race car driver. Um, when we hang up, I'll remember the name of that movie and book.
0: <laughs> but but I, I mean, can see the movie awesome. poster, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was so good. I mean, I loved that book, and I loved the movie. So so it definitely works. And, um, but, I mean, Nora is the queen of romance and can write her own rules now. And I will say that at that time I read a ton of Nora Roberts, which is, I think, one of the reasons why I didn't really understand how I should be writing POV because I'm not Nora. So um, but right. I figured it out. And I still hope to write a book someday with some doggy POV in it, or you know, well, I say dog now because I would be more likely to do that than a horse, but it would be fun, right? So, Animals <laughs> are usually a big part of my writing, but um, <laughs> but that you know, I always do this to answer your original question. Ten minutes later, um, you know, I still get rejections <laughs> to this day. Like, I mean. Yeah. I think people think once you're a published writer you don't get rejections anymore and I get rejections all the time. But if it's something mm-hmm. I really, really want to do, if it's someone I really want to write for or an imprint I really want I just keep sending them more and more proposals until I wear them down, you
0: know. Right. <laughs> I think, you That's know, right.
1: persistence is
0: a large part of this business.
1: You can't like let rejection eat away at you. You just need to figure out what you need to do better and try again.
0: Well, and I think, too, it's also listening to what they're telling you, because <clears throat> it's one thing, let's say, when I entered my very first contest, it was the um, Chicklet chapter, which is now the Contemporary Romance chapter for Romance Writers of America, and they have the Stiletto contest every year. So mm-hmm. this was like 2008, I think, and I had finished my book, and it was a Chiclet type, you know, first person, Jane Green type book, and... I remember sending in my, and you had to print everything, you know, and send three copies and you had to have self-addressed empty envelopes. Yes. And, and I remember sending that, of course, like every newer writer thinking they're going to think this is the most brilliant thing they've ever read in their entire lives. Where, what has their existence been about before they've read my stuff? And, um, so, um, uh, I got it back and I pulled out the first critique and across the top in big, bold letters was, I hate first person POV. And I thought, Oh, and I, I remember just being devastated and then angry. Cause I'm thinking, why are you judging this contest? If you hate first person, um, but
1: right. The other stuff, I know. I mean-
0: you know, like, the grammar, yeah. that this this doesn't go anywhere. So you disregard that kind of crap because it doesn't it makes no sense, honestly, with this, but you keep changing uh P O V, your head hopping or you're, you know, you're not the tenses are changing. Those kind of things are very valid. And so I think oh, it's important for sure. Yeah. That to know. Yeah. To yeah. listen to I mean, even and even you, the always... past year you've talked about that. About getting sending in something and then saying well that's not really exactly what we want fix this and then you know maybe we can i mean it just looks back it's always a back and forth
1: oh constantly yeah and i think that too with experience like you know after after writing for several years you know you you look at a rejection or or a revisal you know or whatever it's something you know they either want you to change it or just say no and um and there are always takeaways from it i mean sometimes yes there are definitely things you can change and i've like jumped through hoops and changed proposals over and over and over again trying to make it work sometimes but then also Mm -hmm. too you just have to know what your goals are and it you know Mm is is what they're asking me to change is this still is this staying true to the story that i'm wanting to tell or what i'm wanting to write and you just kind of discern whether or not um the feedback is something that is objective feedback that's going to make your story better, or if it's just changing your story into something else until it's something that you no longer write. And um, I think that with experience, you can kind of tell those things because like I said, with the I hate first person POV, there's always stuff that is subjective. And then there's different things that are objective, like actual definitely things that can help you become a better writer and make your story better Or like the POV, whether it's first person or third person, I mean, that's going to change the entire voice of the story. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to write first person POV, if that's what you're into, of course, you want to keep it that way. And then maybe just take your story someplace else instead of, you know, keep trying to change it for that one place or that one person. I love first person POV. I just turned in a book in first person POV, but I know that some people, I mean, that's kind of a love hate thing. Sometimes people love it and then other people Mm -hmm. just get turned off by it. Um, I think that's weird because I'm just a, I'm a, I love to read and I'll give anything a chance. I'm definitely not going to put something down because of what POV it is. I've been surprised by books right. all the time, thinking I'm not going to like this book, and then I read it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good! I never thought I would like books about you know warring werewolves and fairies, you know, or whatever. I use <laughs> that as an example because I'm usually not a big paranormal reader, but I have been surprised by things that you know are paranormal that I yeah. like. So, um, but yeah, it did make me nervous. To I, I told my editor, I said, I'm a little bit nervous about this book because it's first person and it's different from a lot of the other books on their list, you know, because it's first person. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm not nervous about it at all. I was like, okay, good.
0: <laughs> then I won't be nervous about it either.
1: <laughs> there you
0: are. <laughs> okay. Yeah. As long as you're not nervous. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's what helps too when you have a, an experienced author, an experienced editor um, and somebody who's And there's a lot of really good editors, um, but just somebody who really gets you and as well as the market and how you guys complement each other. You know, I know you'll fit here and this will go well. Um, That makes a huge difference. So tell me, you've just finished – well, you didn't just finish. You you have um, your newest book out, and it's The Story of Us. And it's yes. based on the, um, the Hallmark movie of the same name. Um, the movie yes. came out, and then they wanted you to do the adaptation of the, of the book adaptation. Tell, tell yes. us how that came about. Because I know that you know, done, there had, Hallmark had done movies about your books, and then now mm-hmm. you're doing adaptations about other stories. So tell, tell us the process of, of how this happened okay Um, yeah and it's totally
1: confusing even my mom's confused she's like I don't get it the movie came out first and now it's a book but usually you do the book to movies I was like I know It's, it's the whole thing But, um, yeah, so I've had several (laughs) books that have become Hallmark movies. And then a few years ago, I mean, it's still pretty new. Um, Hallmark channel started their own publishing company called Hallmark publishing and they do publish original fiction books, but they also do novelizations of Hallmark movies. Mm -hmm. So they do it where it was a movie first and then a book. And, um, so yeah, I mean they just they asked me to do it. The first one I, now I had been sending them proposals for different books, and I, I do have my first Hallmark Publishing original book coming out this Christmas. It's the one I was just telling you about that's in first person. It's called right. Christmas Charms. Um, so I have been sending you know different proposals for different projects. And, you know, we were still, you know, figuring out how to land on one that would be right for them. And they just invited me to do my first novelization for them, which was Love at the Shore. It came out last summer it was a beach read. And I loved it. And, um, you know, that went really well. So they invited me to do another one, which is the one that just came out this month. It's called The Story of Us. And it's, um, it's a fun rom-com. The heroine owns an all-romance bookstore in a really cute historical, historical district. Um, of a small town kind of near Portland, and, uh, you know, a big developer is coming in wanting to plow down the historical district because it's not doing well, and the town is figuring out how to revitalize their community, and so they have this plan that a developer is going to just build something new and bigger and better, and, of course, the architect of the development just happens to be Jamie, the heroine's old high school sweetheart, So um, Mm -hmm. that causes a lot of issues. There's a whole lot of you've got male kind of vibes to this story, which I love. Um, So I would love doing the novelizations. I mean, I loved, I was so excited when they asked me to do the first one. And then when I got this one, I was just thrilled. I mean, it's always an immediate yes, because I'm a huge Hallmark Channel viewer. That's like my happy place. And I was always a big (laughs) Hallmark fan, even before I started having Hallmark movies. So, I mean, I watch the movies constantly for fun. So to me, it's like, what? You want me to just watch this movie over and over again and write the book version? I mean, it almost <laughs> just seems like too good to be true that I get ready to do that. But um, <laughs> right. so, yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. I hope I get to write another one because I just, you know, I just I love doing it.
0: Well, I think the one of the, the more fun parts of it would be if anybody was bothering you, you're just watching TV. No, I am working. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. Making sure. I mean, I know it looks I've like I'm in my it. yoga pants with my dogs on my lap watching TV, but, no, this is my
0: job. <laughs> but they send Back you off. the script, correct? So you're able to, the dialogue is there and, and the settings and the specific names of different things. I mean, all that's there, the shooting script, is you get that, correct?
1: They do. Um, it's interesting, though, I think, you know, for book writers, because most, I mean, the average TV viewer out there has never actually read a script before, um, mm-hmm. and so when you, the script is a lot different than a book. So, like when you read the script, yes, it has the dialogue. Um, it'll have minimal stuff. You know, there'll be like you know, heroin walks your Jamie walks out onto a cobblestone street. You know, there's right. a, there's a cherry tree in the background. You know, just very things like that. But I think that um, if the biggest difference. Between the script and the movie is, I mean, the characters don't really have a lot of backstories at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, because like in Love at the Shore, um, the novelization I wrote for my beach read, specifically what I'm remembering is that there was no information whatsoever about the hero's family. Like you didn't know where his parents were, if they were dead or alive, how he grew up, any of that. And so, Mm -hmm. which is actually kind of fun because in a book, that's always really important. You have to understand the the character's motivation. And Hallmark has been really great with letting me fill in all those blanks. I've gotten to make up the character's backstories myself and just add a whole lot of information um, that wasn't in the script. Because a script is only like 70 to 90 pages. You know, a book is closer to 300 pages. So obviously there's a whole lot more information in a book than there is in a movie. That's just the difference between the two. And of course, scripts are more visual because um, because they're going to be on television. Uh, so yes, right. I do get the script. But one thing, another thing also that I didn't really know about scripts until I started having my books adapted into movies is a script just is, a script isn't like a book. They don't write a script and then there it is. It's the script. They make the movie. A script is a lot more of a living document than a movie is. Uh Um, It changes every day. I mean, they're filming every day. They might do something different. They might tweak it. And there's a, there's a person on set whose job revisor and their job is to just document all the different changes in the script from day to day to day and they sit there and make notes mm-hmm. about what they shot that day and how you know how the dialogue was different and that kind of thing so um it was obvious to me right away when i started getting the scripts for the novelization that maybe I was not getting the final version of the script because sometimes the script doesn't match the movie exactly. So the first thing I do when I do a novelization is I sit down and watch the movie while I read along with the script and I have to, and I I note all the changes, all the different ways that the script is different because I don't want to, I don't want to write the book based on um, the incorrect script. You know, I want it to be true. to The story. So, um, so yes. So, I mean, I, at first I thought, oh, this would be great. I can just copy and paste all the dialogue, but no, you cannot do that. But it's good because when I do that, when I go through and compare the script to the movie, at the same time, I'm trying to figure out how to divide it up, how what the easiest way to divide the, um, the movie or the book into scenes and chapters. Scenes are obvious because you can see the movie scenes and scenes, but um, – I like to try and figure out which scene would be best told from which character's point of view, the hero versus the heroine, and then how to divide those scenes up into nice chapters. So that's always the first
0: thing I figure out that and correcting all the dialogue in the script. It's interesting that you mention the filling in the backstory blanks because I would guess that if someone watched the movie initially, then read the book adaptation Mm -hmm. and watched the movie again, it might be a rather different movie after reading the backstory of these people.
1: I I hope it is because that means I'm doing my job well, you know, because I think the point of the novelizations is to give Hallmark fans or fans of the movie, um, a deeper, richer understanding of the story. I mean, you don't want it to be exactly the same, because there would be no point to having the book, you know. I'd like to think that it's a way to honor the film, but to make it kind of into something new at the same time. So I I hope so. I hope the movie, and then read the book, and then watch the movie again. There's a really popular blogger for Hallmark. Her name is Ruth Hill, and her website is called My Devotional Thoughts, and she interviews like all the big hallmark stars, I mean she is just her blog is amazing, and she um she reviewed my book last week and my the story of us, the new one, and she gave it a really, really nice review. I was so happy about that, um, but she also said that when those, when the movie came first came out, she liked it like she does all Hallmark movies, but it wasn't like her total favorite or anything, and she said actually, <laughs> after reading the book, she is a much bigger fan of the movie than she was before, so that's kind
0: of like what you were saying um but oh, i love nice. that that was one of my favorite comments to get yeah oh for sure and you know with with the movies that you did like unleashing mr darcy and and such i think there's also the misconception a lot of people think that oh well then they ask you all sorts of questions about your book and want to you know make sure they have your input on it and that's absolutely not how it goes when you your book is oh my gosh, is no. made into a movie yeah
1: no, and it's not because, you know, they're mean or anything. That's just how it always works. I mean, that's the procedure. Once a right. writer um, sells the rights to their book, it's no longer their story, and the studio can do whatever they want to with it. But especially in the case of Hallmark, I mean, they're the only studio I've ever worked with before. Um, I mean, they know what they're doing. They know what the viewers want, and they know how to take a story and to make it into something that is going to be true to their brand but then honor the original material at the same mm-hmm. time. So I've always been really, really thrilled with everything they've done with my work. Um, I mean, I think if you're J.K. Rowling or something, you can probably have some input.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I think there's only yeah. a handful of
1: authors that are, you know, that have that kind of um, prestige and you know notoriety to really have some input into their work and of course there are authors too who write their own screenplays um i would never i've never done that because i don't know how to write a screenplay and i want someone who knows what they're doing to write my screenplays (laughs) Um, but that's on my bucket list learn how to write a script i mean i would like to write one sometime not necessarily because i think it's going to get made but just to do it you know to learn how i think it would be really cool
0: right yeah it's it's definitely its own animal regarding uh how to write it and the different beats and everything i mean the the where you hit for like Act one Act two, Act three, that all is the same um we- because we've all taken Michael Hague's thing and we all have a you know a copy of that timeline thing he sends out <laughs> yeah um so it you know you hit all the beats, but i think you know it's applicable obviously to um you know books versus movies even versus series you know and then each right, each know, uh, part of it mm-hmm.
1: sure and I think though that what what surprised me the most the first time I was ever on a movie set and is how much they accomplish in such a tiny amount mm-hmm. of time like I would watch mm-hmm. the scenes and it was like five lines of dialogue back and forth and the scene was over I'm like oh my gosh are scenes always this short and they said and I was talking to my producer, and she said, yes. She said, next time you watch, and she said, even with the big – you know, the big Hollywood blockbusters that come out on the big screen, you don't realize how short the scenes are while you're watching it. And that is the mark of a good movie or a good editor, or a good filmmaker, or a good screenwriter. Um, they're getting so much done in such a tiny amount of time. And I'm used to sitting down to write a book and I'm thinking of a scene as a certain number of pages. I mean, there's a lot of meat to every single scene. Um, and mm-hmm. similarly, there's a lot of meat to scenes in movies. But they're just they're just a lot shorter. You don't have to write all that stuff out because you can see it. You can see all the the setting and you know all that kind of thing. So it's just a different way of writing for sure. Well, I, I do have uh, to my brag dog. It's playing because... with her sweet toys, so that's noisy. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> no, that's okay. Last week, my dog was barking for part of this. You know, it's like ah, uh, you know, and I didn't want to get up and open the door and do something because oh, yeah. we were interviewing. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> so my apologies to Sandra River who was very patient. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I forgot about the squeak toys. Oh, and how appropriate yeah. is a Starbucks toy.
0: That she's squeaky. <laughs> there you go. Coffee. I have to I have to brag a little bit because I remember when you texted me about um them picking up unleashing Mr. Darcy. But you couldn't say because nothing had been, you know. Official, and um, right. but I remember you you texting me saying, Patricia, um, something amazing happened with some of my books, but I can't tell anyone. And I I jokingly said, what is gonna is one of your books gonna be made a movie? And you were like, Patricia, just <laughs> like oh easy that was easy. <laughs> I know
1: right. Well, that's why so many authors—that's their dream. You know, we all dream of that. I still dream about it. I mean, I, it's still is like the yeah. best thing ever that you know. And so, um, of course, that was your guess. <laughs> but oh my gosh, yeah, I couldn't tell anyone, but I had to tell someone. I mean, come on, how can right. you hold that information in?
0: So it was—it yeah. was difficult. And I do appreciate, too, that you sent me um, pictures of them filming. I didn't show anyone, but it was like, ooh, look at this, you know, and and got to see, uh, because you had met everyone backstage and, and, you know, behind the scenes for uh, Unleashing Mr. Darcy. Just, you know, that was very cool, because I, that, it was just looked like, it was a really cool group of people to work with, um, and just everyone seemed to be generally happy to be there. Right.
1: I just remember that I was in Canada for filming, and I um, had very limited cell phone service, and it was killing Mm -hmm. me. I was like, I had all these photos, and I was like wandering around (laughs) the mansion where we were filming on Mr. Darcy's estate, like looking for a bar so I could send pictures to all my friends back home. I was like, oh, my gosh, this amazing thing is happening to me. I'm not allowed to post on social media about it, but at least let me send a photo to my friend, you know? (laughs)
0: <laughs> friends who were sworn to secrecy can't show anybody exactly
1: <laughs> my mom was so stressed out about it because i was telling her all about it too and the fact that she couldn't tell people was torture for her it stressed her out yeah. so bad she was a total nervous wreck about it so um <laughs> yeah she, <laughs> she'd be well, like it was i because... told the
0: person across the street i'm like it's okay <laughs> It's All right, mom. I mean, I still I think it's funny because as you've been in these different gotten to do these little cameos, um the first one, of course, it was you just walk behind in the background. Um but mm-hmm. then like for the wedding, like marrying Mr. Darcy, I mean, you're right behind the the aunts and I mean, you're you moved right on up there and you're sitting right behind everybody. You've got a a major major focus I was like right there. right behind Francis Fisher. I was like,
1: this is so bizarre. (laughs) And they did, and and, you know, I had more like hair and makeup and stuff in the subsequent ones. In the first one, I had been sitting outside. My hair was frizzy. I was wearing, you know, I was dressed super casually. I'm sure, first of all, I'm sure that to the naked eye, no one even notices me because I literally walked just through the, you know, in the background, like Mm -hmm. in the distance. But if anyone does pay attention to it, I'm sure they're like, why is this person so underdressed in this country mansion right now?
0: You know? <laughs> why is everyone dressed
1: up and she's like schlepping through there in leggings and dinner shoes? Right. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's obviously hair. lost. I don't get it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. This poor lost soul wandering around. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm a little bit more polished in the wedding okay. movie. <laughs> It was fun. Okay, so, um, I mean, I don't want to give away too much of the movie if no one has seen marrying Mr. Darcy, but um, there Mm -hmm. are two different wedding scenes. That's all I'm going to say. And in one of the wedding scenes – I was seated, you know, between two two extras in the movie, and I guess one of the extras was supposed to be my date because then we sat next to each other in the other wedding, also. But the two extras that I was sitting between had both been extras in the Twilight movies, in the Twilight wedding, and they had been extras in the wedding in the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. So I was like, wow, they get around. Professional wedding guest extras. It was it was really fun talking to them about it because we were taking selfies and stuff, and they were telling me how on the set of Twilight and Fifty Shades they confiscated all the cell phones of all the extras because um, mm-hmm. they didn't want anything to get leaked. But it was just crazy. It was just it was a really fun experience. I loved it. I love being on set. I love everything about it. It's just you know the magic of movie making is something I've always been interested in since I was a kid, and I still love it.
0: Right. So you've got, uh, you just turned a book in, The Christmas Charms, and then what is, I know you're crazy busy this year, but what is your schedule this year? I mean, what's coming, being released? What is coming up? What's going on? Okay, well, I have a new series for um, Harlequin Special
1: Edition. Um, You mentioned my book, The Bachelor's Baby Surprise, and how it won the Rita Award Mm -hmm. last year. So um, they were really interested in having me do um, a series focused on babies after that book did so well. So I have a new series with them coming up called love struck Vermont. And it's about a tiny town in Vermont called love struck where love comes in packages. Um, and each book (laughs) is centered around there's, there's a baby or babies in each book. Um, but the way I'm writing them, it's kind of unique. It's just a, you know, these babies kind of like pop up out of nowhere, um, which you'll have to read <laughs> to find out. But the first the first book in that series comes out this summer in July, and it's called, and it's okay. basically a fashionista who works for Vogue magazine, gets laid off, loses her job, has to move to this tiny town in Vermont, and the only job she can get is writing the parenting column in the local paper, even though she knows nothing about children or babies. Okay. So, She takes a job – she takes a part-time job as the night nanny for one of the local firemen who has twin daughters, Um, and they're six months old, I think. So she takes a job as the night nanny, the twin twin six months old, even though she knows nothing about babies, just so her column can ring more authentic because people are complaining. She has this one particular troll writing to the paper Uh complaining that she doesn't know what she's talking about, and so that's (laughs) kind of the setup for the story. It's really, it was so much fun to write. And I recently did the final proofread of it and I was like, man, I love this story. It was really, really cute. You know, once you get, You know, after you turn a book in, you step back from it and you read it again and you can kind of see it through new eyes. I'm really excited for that book to come out. So the first book in that series comes out in July It's called Baby Lessons. Okay. The second book in that series will come out in December and it does have a Christmas theme, Christmas baby in it. um, And it doesn't have a title yet. So I can't tell you what that one is. That's the book I'm actually writing right now. That's the book I'm actually working on writing. And then um, in October, I'm really excited about this, is Christmas Charms. Which is coming out from Hallmark Publishing. And um, it's my big single title book that's coming out later this year. And it is a Christmas story. You know, Hallmark does Christmas so well, and that a lot of times they'll mm-hmm. have like a little dash of Christmas magic in their books. And um, that this one does too. It's told in first person POV. So it kind of has like a chick lit sort of flair to it. There's a magic charm bracelet. There's just all sorts of, it's a really, really fun story. I can't wait for that book to come out. It was a book I wanted to write for a really long time. So I was really glad that I got the opportunity to do it.
0: And then are you doing us writing for uh, more books for next year, correct? Um, Yes. For 2021. I'm not sure what all I
1: have coming out in 2021 yet. There'll be, probably the last two books in the um, Love Strut Vermont series for special edition with the babies.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll probably
1: have two more of those, 21. Um, I'm not sure what, if anything, I'll have going on with Hallmark in 2021 because um, we, you know, with the schedule's not set yet. So I'm not sure what's happening with that for next year. I'm also working on sure. a new series of rom-coms, romantic comedies for source books, Casablanca, and they're all um, doggy Themed the first one is um, a 101 Dalmatians inspired rom com called The Dalmatian Flirtation, but it does not have a release uh-huh. date yet, so I'm not sure um, when it will be coming out. I mean, because I'm still working on the book, so it it sure. might be coming out in 2021, it may even come out in 2022. I'm really not sure, hopefully 2021, but we'll see. Right. But anyone who follows me on social media knows that I'll post about it because I am constantly posting about all that kind of stuff, so. Um, I don't know, and 2021, fun. And, and plus I have another other project with
0: a different publisher that I might be working on, so
1: lots of exciting things happening.
0: So, I mean, think about it, 10 years ago when you got that story back about, um, you know, we're not interested in your horse POV, um, and now here you are <laughs> a decade later, you know, with too many projects to even consider. I mean, that's, that's a, a huge job, you know I wouldn't that, go to that that part. process. Not
1: like I have publishers beating my door down or anything. <laughs> but, well, uh, you're but busy. No, you're I'm, steady busy. I'm busy. Yeah, I'm busy, and I'm fortunate. I'm really grateful that I'm busy. I mean, I just, you know, there are a lot of opportunities out there, and oh, I'm. I forgot to talk about one exciting thing I have coming out this year. Can I back okay. up the truck and talk about that? I <laughs> forgot. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this because it's a project that I spearheaded. So I can't believe I forgot to bring it up. Um, I'm doing a Christmas anthology of short stories and novellas with a bunch of writers that uh-huh. I'm friends with. Um, and oh, nice. it's my first time ever doing anything like indie published. Um, and we're just kind of doing it together. And the book is coming out the week after Thanksgiving, and it's called Christmas Actually. Uh, Christmas Actually, and it's all just romantic comedy novellas, and there are 10 authors participating. Some of them are USA Today bestsellers. Um, uh, I'm doing it. Uh, We've got Nancy Nagel is doing a story for it. Uh So is Stephanie London, um, Tiff Marcello, Lindsay Emery, Victoria Shade. Uh, Lacey Baker. I, I, I don't. I feel bad that I'm rattling off a list because I know I'm going to leave someone off off the top of my head. Soraya Wilson, who is a big bestseller for Amazon. Um, we have a lot of exciting authors participating, and so it's going to be really fun. Carol Carson. She's a USA Today bestseller. So that'll be coming mm-hmm. out the week after Thanksgiving, and it will be ninety nine cents for one week only. So, um, wow. Hopefully, someone will pick that up. But, yeah, it's just kind of something we wanted to do for fun to try and introduce ourselves to each other's readership. So, yeah, um, I'll have that as well. Yeah. So I'll have Baby
0: Lessons in July,
1: (laughs) Christmas Charms in October, Christmas Actually in November, and then another baby book for special edition in December. Wow.
0: And then you have the book now. That's the Story of Us is out. So that's going on. Of course.
1: Yes, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves because I want everyone to read the story of us. I love this book. It's really (laughs) fun, and I love the cover. It's super dreamy. It's very pink and has lattes on it, and if you're into that kind of thing, you will love it. I promise. And there's a cat
0: in it as well, correct? Yes, there is a cat named
1: Elliot. He's a ginger cat. He works at the bookstore with the heroine. He's the heroine's cat. And one mm-hmm. of the things, um, I, well, the cat is named uh, after T.S. Eliot. That's why his name is Eliot. Right. The heroine is very literary. Um, you know, she owns a bookstore, and she's, in a, you know, she's also an author. So she named her kitty after T.S. Eliot. And what I think a lot of people don't realize is T.S. Eliot, you know, a famous poet, um, the musical Cats is based on a book of poetry of his, all about cats. He has a whole book the poems about cats, and that was, that's how they came up with that musical. Huh.
0: Yeah, well, I, that's right because I yeah, cause I've I've seen the the musical a few times, but um I that was that's correct because I remember reading in the playbill. That's what that was. So, gosh, yes. I think I've never I need more seen coffee. The that, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've it's, never seen the musical. It's really I, I feel like cool. The now only the
1: person on earth who's seen
0: it. No, I mean the 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 movie was don't watch that. But um the 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 <laughs> musical um and I do love every single actor and performer in there, but that was just a big mess. Um, I'm, but I'm not a fan the, of CGI, yeah. so that's why I haven't seen it. But, yeah. it's, uh, but, the, but the musical itself is tremendous, and it's not just – the story is like, okay, but the, um, the athleticism of the dancers, I mean, it is intense. And so you just it's, – it's phenomenal to see these these performers. I mean, truly. So, cool. um, so, yeah, it's it's worth seeing. If you ever get a chance, they're still showing it in London, I believe. Um, oh, I'm but, sure it'll yeah. be around forever. But the heroine in this yeah. book, Jamie,
1: um, loves books. And so, of course, she would give her cat a literary name. That's one of the fun things mm-hmm. about the book is I remember one an editor told me a year or so ago, I had a book out called The Accidental Beauty Queen, and it had a lot of literary references in it. And she told me, she said, Terry, I know this book is going to do well because readers love books about books. People love to, mm-hmm. you know, people who love to read love books and they like, hear, you know, reading little snippets about other books within a book. So um, this is very, the story of us is very much like that. There are a lot of books mentioned in it, a lot of liter- literary references because books are so important to the heroine. So, um, yeah, so I love that she named her cat,
0: Elliot. Oh, I love that. And I love the actress, Maggie Lawson. She's, she was She's been in a bunch of stuff. So I, I love her stuff and her demeanor. So I think it, it's oh, just an all-around yeah. fun thing. Yeah, she's yeah. super
1: likable. And the hero, um, is Sawyer, is played by Sam Page, who's one of my favorite Hallmark actors. I love him. So I was really excited to snag <laughs> a Sam Page project. I was like, woo, Sam Page. So he's in a royal movie. You know, Hallmark does the royal movies. And he's in one mm-hmm. called A Royal New Year's Eve. And Sam Page plays oh, okay. the prince. He has an accents and everything. And oh my gosh, I think, you know, that movie came out two years ago, I think. Every time it comes mm-hmm. on again, I swear, I email my editor and I'm like, if you ever decide to do novelization of this, please call me. I want to write it so bad. I'm sure she's like, leave me alone, Terry. But, you know, it would be <laughs> so good to answer that. the phone. <laughs> with a Royal New Year's book with Sam Page. I would be so
0: excited. <laughs> Shout out. never know. You never know. Yes. I know. Well, right? you never know. I mean, you just you keep asking. You just keep asking, and and eventually, like you say, you wear them down. And like, fine, just <laughs> give her something to do. <laughs>
1: I'm not advocating oh. harassing your editor, okay? <laughs> just saying.
0: Right. Put it out there. Not the at all. It's just persistence. It it. yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> A little professional persistence. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Terry. Um I really appreciate you spending your morning with us, um, and hopefully you can get to that coffee here soon. Uh, <laughs> but please come back later this year and tell us what's going on. Of course, anytime. Thank you. Okay, absolutely. And that was... Uh, Terry Wilson, the author of Unleashing Mr. Darcy and the most recent release, The Story of Us. She also has multiple other books out there with Harlequin and all sorts of places. She also, um, you can check her out on her website, which is TerryWilson.net. She's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. You can find her books on BookBub and Goodreads and Amazon and everywhere else you can buy books. So please check her out. And we will see you guys next week. Keep on reading. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.